So this is a timely topic, being others-minded. I mean, we're going to be talking about mission-minded next week, unless this actually takes longer, and then we might talk about it even more. But I think it's so important, because we talked about what unifies the church. We want to be unified, because again, like, what's going to unify Ukraine and Russia? It isn't going to be the war, I'll tell you that. And it isn't going to be when they're all in agreement on their own ideas and their own governments in agreement, because that's not going to happen. But what unifies the Ukraine church and the Russian church? It's not their government. It's their leader. Who is the leader? Christ, Jesus. He is the head. He is the body, head of the body. We do what he says. So when we have to love the ones who's shooting at our house... <laughs> When we have to love the ones that we are just wrestling in our spirit on, we are called to love. I mean, I talk about Corey Ten Boom. Like, I think about her story and her life, loving those who are completely unlovable, the Nazis that persecuted her. Lord, man, I want to have her heart to love. But that's not because she's like, I feel like I should love them. No, she's like, Jesus commands me to love them. That's why I love them. So we're being Christ-centered he is the head of the body. We do what he says. We talked about being other-centered. This is what we're focusing on today. We prefer one another. We serve one another through humility, through thoughtfulness, generosity, having a culture of honor, like preferring one another, being servant-hearted, compassionate. And then next week, we'll, we'll talk about mission-minded, the, the Great Commission. That's what unifies us. And so this is our heart's cry. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, yeah. This is what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be covering little parts of these throughout these different points. But this is something I want to pray and declare over our church again, again. We keep praying this. How good. Can we read it with me? How good. Can you read it? All right. Let's read it together. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Man, that's our desire, right? Now, fair warning, I'm, I want to get mushy a little bit today. Because I think we need to love each other a little bit, right? Because we're talking about each other, right? So if you could, scoot closer. Like, really, I'm not, my, get closer, get smushy, mushy, and let's sit together for a minute. Because we're going to be personalizing each point that we're talking about today. We're going to personalize. I know I'm asking you to get up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Work out. <you> know? <laughs> no, I want us to learn together, and I want... I'm going to have some points here, and what we're going to do is we're going to personalize them to one another. We're going to personalize them, okay? So the first point about becoming others-minded, we need to acknowledge this. Together, we have fallen short when we need him. This is the starting point. So you need to look at one another and to say, all right, Mary Lou, together, you and I, we've fallen short, and we need him. We need that. So I'm going to ask you, turn to each other. Your, your wife, your spouse, or your brother, or your sister, I don't know, whoever. Like, whoever is there, your brother and sister in Christ, you need to tell them, like, together, you and I have fallen short. We need him. All right? I know this sounds ridiculous. Like, this is like, well, you know, yeah, okay, cool. You know why it's important that we say these things? 
because it's important that we need to acknowledge we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. That's a good place to start, right? That's ground zero. We are foundationally, we've all fallen short. We've all blown it. When we begin here, we, when we acknowledge that we've all fallen short of the glory of God, it brings us to a place of humility and allows us to have compassion for one another. We have compassion for one another. Because, like, when you see each other, it's like, you know, I'm a great Christian. You suck. You know, like, Tim, you suck. Okay? You know, like, that is such. But when we get that, the spirit of comparison, when we think we've been better, we're better Christians than you, like, I'm sorry, Tim. You and I have fallen short, and we need him. That brings me down to a place where I can talk with you. I can have compassion for you. Sorry, I'm just staring at you a bunch. So I'm not going to put you on the spot, Tim. Uh, but like the reality is like when we look at each other and acknowledge like, man, you can have a lot more compassion. You can have a lot more sympathy and em- move beyond sympathy and empathy into compassion. Because I'm, you know, we've, we, we have too much where we hold against each other and we compare one another. And, you know, and we do that. We compare with one another's churches, you know, like, man, if we would go to our, each other's churches, the ones that we are, you know, we maybe butt heads a little bit. We like, you know what? Let's come to this place of like, we've both fallen short. We need him. Wow, it brings us back to a humble level, right? And that's why we talk about the whole thing when we talked about the importance of communion, of eating and taking and eating. And the reason why we do that is because we need to acknowledge that we do not deserve this priesthood. Because that's for the priest. That was for the, the that food was for the priest. The drink was for the priest. And like we do not deserve that. But God, because of his abundant mercy and love and grace, we get to partake of his body. We get to take his blood. And we do that as a way of saying, I have no reason to be ever angry at anyone, ever. I can't hold offense. I cannot have bitterness in my heart. That's why. Because I go and I go there, I look and I see Jesus all over, and I cannot hate anybody. I cannot hate anybody. So we need to do that. We need to go back to what's the beginning. Ephesians 2, 1, 4, 10, 12 through 13. All of it's good. I was just trying to consolidate a little bit because you know me. I, I, I'll give you a whole like book of the Bible here. Um, as for you, you are dead in your transgressions and sins. You're dead. You're nasty and you're dead. You don't like, I mean, we're dead. <laughs> but I love this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. Do you remember that when we talked with Jeff? Like, and he might have been there. Like when he's just talking about like when I picture myself, I'm not here. I've been raised up. I'm seated with him in heavenly realms. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is, my dead move forward. Oh, sorry. I, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It's a gift. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared us in advance for us to do. We're God's handiwork. Now, hold on. Because you like to say that about yourselves, right? I'm God's handiwork. Now look to the next person to you and say, you're God's handiwork. Man. And don't use them as a flirty way, all right? And I just want to make sure. 
No, but the reality is like, man, you are God's handiwork. You're beautiful, and you got to call them out into that. Let's see here. Remember that in that t- at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenant of the promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who are once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. So the first point is what? We've fallen short. You and I have fallen short. We need him. It's the beginning. Second part, though, and this is what's fun. We're going to keep reading through Ephesians 2. Together, we've become the temple of God. Not by myself. You need to look at one another and say, like, together, you and I, we're the temple of God. We're become part of the temple of God. So personalize it. Tell that person next to you. They've become a part of the temple of God. All right. I want to hear more, more, more. No, but that's the reality. Why do we say that? Because we know that it's to be true. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier. Let's pray that for Russia and Ukraine. He has made two groups into one, destroying the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations, his purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. I want to make sure I'm not too far ahead. Uh, okay. Where am I at? Okay. So I'm just like reading here. I didn't just read there. I was reading through here. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. This is what brings us together. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household. Built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. Did you catch that? What, what is coming together? The whole building? Who is the building? We are. We're bricks. We are little portions in the little temple bringing together. But he's not saying Valley View only, exclusive. He's not saying the Baptist church only, exclusive. Nope, sorry, you guys don't. No, the church. We are all a part of it. We all have different facets and parts of us that he's created us uniquely. And he's like, all right, you're this brick. You get to, I mean, it doesn't, does it sound flattering to become a brick? You know, <laughs> I don't know. But when you think about what you're housing and what you partake in and the humility of that, but yet the grandeur that you get to partake in becoming a part of the temple of God, holy cow, you realize what we get to house? And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by a spirit. We house the glory of God in these weak and broken vessels. We house the glory of God. And because of that, here's the thing. We can come to this place of these two things. And I think I've mentioned a few times this, this phrase, culture of honor. Preferring one another. When you realize that you are not just, you're not the temple, the whole temple. 
because that's pretty cocky. You know, you have become a part of the temple. You are a part. You part that brick next to you. That maybe that's that church that you kind of, or that friend in Christ that you just like. Oh, I don't know. We don't agree on everything, and but you, you see them, and you're like, oh, you're part of the temple too. You're part of me. You're part of this housing, this building of the temple. Oh man! Then you prefer one another. You serve. And you realize. Because it, it says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Realize and they partake in the temple of God. Man, we're thoughtful of one another. We become seeing the value that each of us have in the kingdom of God. Philippians 2, 3 through 4, it says, in humility, value others, not yourselves, others above yourself. Not as equal as yourself, above yourself. Just like Jesus, when you think about him, when you think about, you don't see Jesus going, standing above his disciples. You see him standing below his disciples, washing their feet, serving them, loving them. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Man, that's a high calling. But then again, you're no longer your own. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. This is your identity. And I love this. Bobby sent me this passage because I was just talking. We were just talking. I just love. So, Bobby, if you're watching, I love you. Thank you for sending this. It was just a good reminder because I was talking about the temple. And she's like, yeah, we're a chosen people. I'm like, yes, we are. We're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. He's not talking by yourself. Every time you hear these things, this is, this is plural. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who calls you out of darkness into his marvelous... Well, sorry, I was, I'm remembering our son's little verse on the wall. <laughs> but like, oh, never mind. Uh, we just read it a lot. They know it by heart. Now, there's a little verse somebody wrote for them in a painting. It's beautiful. What is it? Galatians. I should know this by now. That three... I don't remember. Anyway, before you were born, God chose you and called you by his marvelous grace. That's the verse. Um, and they know that, and it's such a beautiful thing for them to quote it because it's there when we're changing their diapers and we're trying to remember. I'm like, all right, God chose you. Even while you're changing, you're, he's, we're, you're still in diapers. He still called you. He loves you into his marvelous grace. But he's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people... But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You're a royal priesthood. You matter. And not only that you matter, because again, I don't know where you guys stand. Some of you guys are probably like, you know, oh, I don't know. I'm not much. I'm not anything in the kingdom. I don't know. I mean, maybe your self-esteem is like way low. Maybe somebody beat it down. I don't know. But you need to remind yourself when you get up in the morning, I am a royal priesthood. I'm a part of this priesthood. I have an important value in the kingdom of God. I have something. I can pray. I can intercede. I have value in that. Maybe it's someone else that you see. Like, I don't know. Like, God, what are you doing through them? I don't know. This is, they're kind of, they're, I don't know. They're just a little, like, less than or whatever. Like, and sometimes we see the kids as less than, like, because they're so little and they're just loud and obnoxious or whatever. But you need to remember when they're praying and different things, you're like, no, maybe they don't get it all. But they need to remind themselves that they remind them you're a royal priesthood. You've been called into this, calling them to their identity. 
So we're others-minded because we need to realize that we have become the temple of God together, not by ourselves. We just make a really boring brick on the side of the wall, you know, like that. But together we make this beautiful temple. And um, actually, I, I skipped a... Oh, there we go. I bumped the button twice. This is an important important thing. This is the next point, and I want you to say this to one another, and this is a dangerous thing to ask, but this is a nice thing to ask, too. Like, if I my boys ever ask, like, they come in, I, this is my favorite thing. They're like, ooh, can I help or do something else? I'm like, hey, you know what would be really fun? Go, go talk to mommy and ask you this. Hey, mommy, is there anything I could do? And it's just sweet. Now, what can they really do? Probably not much. <laughs> Sometimes. And they probably don't, but the thing is, when they're empowered to do this and ask, they have boldness to ask this question. Now, you know, we know in our minds that like, it's going to be a little tricky to ask them to do something, and I'll probably have to supervise them through the whole thing. But I love it because Michelle always finds a way to say, like, oh, yeah, you could do this. And it gives them something to take stewardship and ownership. But this is the question, and I love this about Rich. He would always ask this question, you know, that, that phrase, all in. Have you heard of that? How many times have you heard that? Once, twice, 20, 50, 100 times. I don't know. He said it a lot. And when I was even here in the short period I was here with him, he's, I heard it so much. All in, all in. What does that mean? Some of us need to know what that means. But when we say all in, we give it all to him. And it's like when we're here, like, you know, we're like, and it was the thing that I had to encounter with H2O. Like that was the hardest part. Transitioning to here. I had not planned to transition out. I said, Lord, I'm in H2O until you open a door and basically push me out that door. It's got to be obvious. And praise God, he says, I can open a door. I can make that possible. He's like, but meanwhile, while I'm at H2O, I'm all in. I don't move. I don't go looking for jobs. I'm not like saying, I wish I was somewhere else. I say, God, even when I don't feel like things are going all perfectly, even when I'm just struggling with stuff, and even though I feel an uncomfortability, like I might be leaving, I'm still all in. I'm here. I'm, I'm very much here. And I'm grateful that was that way because God's like, yeah, I want you all in wherever you are until I call you otherwise. I, I want you to be all in. So sometimes we need to turn to one another. And this is going to be a, uh, maybe an uncomfortable thing to say to each other. But, you know, what? I'm all in here. About, I'm all in. How can I serve you? You might have to ask one another. Again, you practice that. How can I serve you? Because, right, Christ didn't come as a totalitarian. He came as a servant. He came to show how to serve. We're here for one another. I love this phrase, all for one and one for all. I was just thinking about like that phrase, you know, like from the Musketeers, if you guys read those books. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of skewing it a little different. We're all for the one. Our King Jesus, we're all for him, right? And when we're all for him, we can be for all. We can be for everyone. Because when we come to him first, when we're all for our one, King Jesus, and when we get that, we will see a release of the one who is in us serving through us and everyone around us. Because I think we get that backwards. We get so worried about like doing things and, you know, we don't want to become a 501c3 where we just serve a bunch of people without the love of Christ because we'll burn out. We want to become like a 501c3 where we don't pray for people. Like, you know, I remember, you know, by the way, I forgot to mention, this is my dad and my stepmom. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> this is, I'm so glad you're here. 
I, I would go on mission trips with dad, and I, I just loved his heart, and he always challenged me. He's like, you know what? The reality is when I fix these people, they're going to die. That was a hard phrase for me to hear. I was like, well, well, why are you here then? That was kind of the heart of my posture. He's like, that's why I pray with them. That's why I, I make sure that they know Jesus. That's the most important. He's like, I'm just giving them maybe a few extra days, maybe a few extra months, maybe a few extra years. He's like, but my desire is that I share the love of Christ with them. And that's what I love about you guys. Like, you guys just, they're wild. If you ever get to know them much more, they're wild, but they're, they're going for it. They go wherever God's calling them, and that's, it's a challenge to me. So, um, but that's the point, right? Like, we're about, it's not about the service. It's about knowing who Christ is in us and who he, desi- what he desires. And that way, when you go to the person who, you know, like the lepers, when you know who the one who is in you his power is through you. You don't walk to the lepers and say, well, I don't know. I don't know if Christ really wants me to love them because it's kind of uncomfortable and I might get hurt. It might be ugly or might stink. I don't know. Like, but then you start thinking about other people in your life and you're like, you start thinking of the people. I'm like, I don't know if God's really called me to them. I don't know. You start preferencing, you know, you're putting your, your boundaries of where God can call you. You start putting up your boundaries, but he's like, no, first come to the one. Jesus, I am all for one, all for you, Jesus, and he is for all. So all for one and one for all. He loves us. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. Shouldn't we do likewise? First Corinthians, here's the reality. We've all been given a lot of gifts. And let me tell you, this is a very long passage. Brace yourselves, all right? Brace yourselves. But I want you to hear it. I want you to listen. This is the context. This is you. This isn't some of us. This is all of us. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, uh, I, just, I did that again. I looked up here and I looked down here and I lost my place. There we go. I'm, I think I'm on the verse 9. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of the feeling by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. Going through all these things. To another, distinguishing between spirits. Speaking in different kinds of tongues, still another the interpretation of the tongues. Okay, you're starting to see a lot of variety here. All of these, though, are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. To each one. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all of its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For, one, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Now, whether we're Jews or Gentiles, Baptists or you know, Presbyterians, whatever, like all the different things, whatever we are, we're called to be slave or free. We were all given one spirit to drink. We need to be reminded of that, the importance of unification, bringing together our gifts. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot, this is important, I want you all... Some of you guys are feet. Do you guys, I mean, do you believe that you're a foot? 
Maybe ask the Lord. Am I afoot? All right, just uh, ask the Lord. Am I afoot? Because, but this is the ridiculous part, and some of us do this because we see value in other people's gifts and we forget the value of our own gifts. We neglect our gifts that have been given to us. But if we start saying, you know, because I'm not a hand, I, I don't know, belong to the body, it would, be, it would not be, it would, ugh, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. You're still part of the body. You just forgot to function. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. You're still part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be weird. No, where would the sense of hearing be? It would be really bizarre. But, like, we need hearers. We need people who hear, not just seeing. If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But, in fact, God has placed the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. One body. Let's see. Oh, sorry. It's, it's getting wild. Okay. Okay. It's further emphatic because it's got to remind you. Huh? So this thing is being a little silly. All right. Here we go. Back. <sighs> Technology. Technology. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. This is important. This is important. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. On the hand and the on the head, and the head cannot say to the feet, "I don't need you." That'd be pretty crazy. On the contrary, those parts on the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And I, I, I've given Mike, I've given you a hard time, but I'm not giving you really a hard time. But you don't realize the value of your kidney until it stops functioning, and you're like, "Ooh, I I, I value my kidney a lot right now," <laughs> you know. But you also, and it takes account, like, but that was never something part of your mind until you realize the lack. And that's something I think we kind of live without. Sometimes our kidneys aren't functioning too well in the church. We don't realize it until the kidneys stop functioning. Like, oh, no, something's not, something's amiss here. We need this to function. We got to say that these, each part is important. We need to see the value. They're indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we need to treat with special honor. And the, uh, let's see, the, and p- parts are unpresentable. I love unpresentable because it's like they're hidden. Unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our, pre- our presentable parts need to be given no special treatment, a.k.a., I'm going to say it, me, I'm presentable, I'm up front, you see me more, I'm presenting myself I don't need special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, that, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. There's no preferential treatment over one thing. There's equal care, equal love. And that's why I love life group. That's why I love those groups that we have together where we love and we serve one another, where we pray for one another and intercede because every one of our body members need it. We need prayer. We need to be seen. We need to be heard. And sometimes our bodies aren't doing, our parts aren't doing so well. 
And that's a good, that's a good doctor appointment where you go, okay, how's all this going here? We do a quick check. That's why we meet together. That's why we have accountability to connect with and have concern for one another and love and care and treat for one another. Because if one part suffers, guess what? Every part suffers with it. Don't believe me? Ask Micah just for a minute. Again, I'm going to pick it. How's your whole, whole rest of your body when kidney wasn't functioning too well? Did it? It's miserable. Miserable. It suffered with it. That one part, everything suffered with it. If one part is honored, though, every part rejoices with it. Man, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I'm trying to remind you. You each have a part. <laughs> She's having too much fun. Josie. Oh, man. We need, this is where we discover not only where our gifts come from, but the purpose of them. This is where we can grow in generosity, servant-heartedness. We can understand, like, okay, I may not be able to do this. And Barb, you, I just love how you've served, and we were talking about, like, just, like, a life group, like, just how much you've loved, and, like, you've spent this time and this quality of effort, and, like, I can do this. I realize my inability, but I also realize my capability and how I can serve and come. And, like, Lisa and Daniel, like, you guys have been, you guys have found a way where you guys can serve. And you found a way to work together. And everybody's finding ways to work together because it makes it, well, first of all, much more sweeter. Because it's not just one person doing everything. It's everyone doing all the things together. And it takes that whole weight and all the inability that you guys can't do. The things that you're not strong at. Like, you know, like for me, I'm not very um, organized. (laughs) I'm not. I wish I were. And that was fun to be able to see that you're taking and operating. Like, I could do this. And that's the idea, like, asking that question, I'm all in. Saying I'm all in, not just saying I'm all in, but now, that's because that's half of it. How can I serve? I think that's important because we we always end with I'm all in. But then what happens next? Like, how can I serve is actually putting foot to boot. You're actually stepping out and doing it. This isn't about what we can gain, but how we can give. We've been given these gifts. We need to give them out. As Matthew 10 says, uh, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Oh, let's see. Hold on. Oh, I think I switched things around. Okay. Well, I'm just going to read it out. Cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. And this, it ends as freely you've received, freely give. Don't have stipulations, rules, and regulations. You freely give. And I know... Some of us are being challenged in that. Some of us are running after that. And it's so beautiful when you see that and are challenged by others who are like freely giving. Like, how do you do that? Like, I've been freely given. I've received so much. I'm going to give. Now, I don't know if it's going to come up on here because things are a little wonky here. But Philippians 2, 1 through 4. Let's see if I can get this thing to do the thing. Okay, there, there's my point. Oh, there we go. There it was. 10 eight. There you go. You'll get the notes if you didn't get them already. There we are. Philippians 2, 1 through 4. I I think I cut a verse out there. All right. And here's the point. Some of us are like, well, I don't have a big gifting. I don't like have, like, I'm not, you know, how the spirit of prophecy, I don't, I don't see my value. Therefore, if any of you have encouragement from being united with Christ, not just a gift, like, if you have encouragement 
If any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, if you've got that, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one mind. This is what we're pursuing, one spirit, one mind. We want this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. We've already read this. Not looking to your own interests, right? But each of you to the interests of the others. This comes from that first John mentality of loving one another, seeing the need, filling the need. If you see a need, fill a need. If you see an opportunity to serve, just go serve. Don't ask for permission to go serve. Go serve. Ask that person. Like, you know, like that, that's what we're trying to train. Like, it's, it's when you know your kids are doing it right. Like, if they're just sitting around waiting for permission to go, like, clean up garbage. Like, go clean up garbage. Just go do it. What's, what's it going to hurt? Nothing. Who are you waiting for? What permission do you need? Like when my kids are praying, Lord, that, you know, they start taking the garbage out. You know, when they start taking, taking out the garbage, they go beyond me going, hey, could you take the garbage out too? They do it because they just know that they can do it. They can serve. When we understand that for ourselves, that we have a gift, that we have the strength, we have the capability, and that God unites us and we serve and we prefer one another, then we can love one another well. We can operate in that well. 1 John 4, 7 through 9, or 7, 9, 13 through, and anyway, this. <laughs> I was trying to say, I was trying to consolidate it because, again, this whole passage is so powerful, but I want to emphatically point to these verses. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. I love how this, this is how God showed his love. And this is love. He's really giving qualifiers. He's like, and this is how we know that we live in him and he and us. These are qualifiers. He's trying to remind us. He's like, he's, he's just saying like, this is how we know. This is a testament of it. He sent his one and only son in the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, this is amazing. God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. No one's ever seen him, but we can show him. He could be made, his love in us can maybe made complete in us. He could show the love of, we can show the love of Christ. For those who have never experienced the love of Christ, we can be the love of Christ. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given of us. He's given us of his spirit. And we love because he first loved us. This is why we do these things. This is why we can say those phrases and ask that hard question, I'm all in. How can I serve you? It's because I have been given so much. Because I've walked first of all. I know I've sinned. I've fallen short. I don't deserve anything. But he gave his everything to me. I didn't deserve it. I could never earn it. He's given this to me. This is why we can say, I have become the temple of God. I know who I am. I have a place in his kingdom. I have a place. I represent the glory and the love of Christ through my life and through one another. This is why we can say, I am all in. How can I love you? How can I serve you? We want to look like Jesus. So this is the challenge. We always have a challenge. And this is our goal. Sorry, I probably forgot to... Just change slides on you, so thank you for following me. Um, 
We need to go back to these truths and speak them over yourselves and over those who you're doing life with in Christ. Um, and this, okay, this is not me saying, okay, let me premise this. When you find yourself angry, and I hope you can read this, and I'll send, this is in this, this, your, uh, your teaching notes. But when you find yourself angry with others, I'm not saying go to them and say, hey, ha, you and I, we've fallen short and we need God. <laughs> I'm not saying do that. Don't go to your husband, your, your wife, or you're like, don't, no, don't do that. This is to say, first, I need to take this to prayer. I think that was something we emphatically, we, we pushed on uh, during a uh, um, life group. We talked about going to the Lord first. So when you find yourself angry with others, just really struggling, and you're just, maybe you're prideful, maybe whatever it is, you say, okay, Lord, the reality is this person and I, we've fallen short, and we need you. I need to take ownership that I need you, and that's where I need to start. Because it brings back that hum- humility in your heart. And when you find yourself forgetting the value, your value, or the value of others, you need to come back and say, okay, Father, you, this person and I, we are the temple of God. Whether I agree with them or not, we are a part of the temple of God. We have, we have an inheritance. We are part of your glory. And when you're wrestling with or you feel lost in how you can serve, you're like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm called to serve. I don't know what my calling is to do. Just say, okay, first of all, for, Lord, I'm coming to you and say, okay, Father, I'm all in. How can I start serving right now? Right now. What's the first thing? Just And then do it. Do it. So these are prayers. These are prayers to the Lord. And when you're talking with somebody and you're like, man, and maybe you're holding accountable, like, okay, so how have you been doing this? I've been walking this out. But this is first to the Lord because he can only change our hearts. I can't change your heart. And neither, none of us can change your heart. He can only do the changing. So we're asking, Lord, I've fallen short. Give me humility to understand where I've fallen short and how much I need you. Help me remember that I am a part of your temple. And also this person I'm angry with that's hurt me is a part of your temple. And I don't agree with them, but I want to walk together in holiness and give you the glory. Not mine self the glory, but you the glory. And when we come and say, Father, I want to be in. I'm all in. How can I serve? He's going to give us something. Because it's always a little idea and you're like, ah, oh, I don't feel like doing that. <laughs> that's sometimes how it works. Sometimes it's like, Oh, that's true. I didn't think about that. I never thought about that. But while, I mean, again, I'm just saying, I'm, 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 I'm not trying to embarrass you guys, but like when you say, I'm all in, I don't know what it looks like. I'm just simply going to show up and just serve. When you just show up to the bus stop, when you show up to, you know, just the whole, you guys have done such a, a good job. You're not doing it perfect. You don't have to be perfect. I know you guys are like, I don't even know if we've done anything. I have no idea. That might be the thought in your head. But the reality is when you show up and you say, how can I serve? Or show up to Kathy and Fred's house during life group and say, you know what? How can I serve? I mean, I'm sure Kathy would say, no, I got it. Like, but just like, but the reality, but then again, Kathy, you do a good job. You do a job inviting people to help. But the reality is like, how nice is that when you start saying that, like, how can I serve? How can I serve? It just sounds, it sounds sweet. It sounds nice. It's reassuring. When somebody talks to you and says, hey, how can I serve 